What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode 22 of the Listen Whilst You Step podcast. Today, we have a very special guest on. We have Brendan Pearson. Um, I went on Brendan's podcast a few months back now. It went live a couple of weeks ago. Um, really cool. Thank you for having me on, mate. And it's awesome to have you on my podcast now. Um, I won't give you too much of an introduction. Why don't you just give the guys a little bit of story, who you are, what you do, and then kind of a bit of a backstory and how you got into the fitness industry. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Brendan. I'm 24. but just literally turned 24 the other day. So getting old now, getting on. But yeah, personal trainer, online coach based in Newcastle. Again, I've got a podcast to do a little bit of YouTube as well. So I'm sure obviously check this episode out with me and Simon. It was a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, in terms of my backstory, I played professional football for years, pretty much like every lad, especially in the Northeast. If people don't know the Northeast, literally everyone loves football. It's either football or rugby. Everyone's diehard, diehard fans. Um, Played football since I was like, what, eight or nine. Um, ended up getting scouted for Newcastle United at the age of 10. Literally went all the way through the ranks up until the age of, how old was I when I left? 21 years old. I always suffered with a lot of injuries, which is one of the reasons how I got into fitness and personal training. And my knowledge from there, from the injuries and stuff, kind of just grew and grew. My passion for fitness due to me being in the gym for so many years, like my first really serious injury when I was 12 or 13 I had a slip vertebra in my back um, and then from there I had a meniscus tear had that at 16 um, I had a full ankle reconstruction which was one of my latest injuries that I had which kind of ended my career what else have I had um, patella tendonitis I ruptured both patellas as well so I've had loads and loads of injuries but again like I said that's how I ended up spending more and more time in the gym environment almost developed the passion for trying to find ways of rehabilitating myself, but also others. I was kind of finding that the, the system at the football club that I was at wasn't very, wasn't, wasn't great in a sense of rehabilitation. The club had a big kind of history of players being out long-term with injuries and maybe struggling with actually getting back fit. So I kind of developed a passion for that, tried to help out as many people as I can, um, tried to keep on pursuing my football career after I left Newcastle. Didn't really go to plan. I think part of the reason why was because my passion for fitness was starting to kind of outdo my passion for football because of maybe the injuries and stuff and kind of the, the struggles with coming out of professional football and then having to try and start myself up again, and um, which is something I'm very passionate about in terms of the mental health side of things. I've been doing podcasts and a bit of work with different foundations, the foundation called If You Care Share as well, which I've done a few episodes with, talking about mental health, not just in football, but just in general. Um, and then from there, finished my, finished my, my professional football career probably, what, two years ago now? was kind of lost a little bit for, for six months or so in terms of what I wanted to do, what I really wanted to pursue. Um, I've done, again, a YouTube video covering all that, which which if you want to check it out, it's probably a good one to get the tissues out and have a little cry over my little sob story. But yeah, um, after that, decided to pursue a career in personal training, probably, I think it was December the 2nd, uh, what would be 2019 now, when I had my first kind of day as a PT, uh, working at Nuffield Health in Newcastle. And then from there, just grew from my own business side trying to grow my one-to-one -one side obviously it hasn't been that great with lockdown the last year and then branching into online coaching obviously speaking to guys like yourself trying to learn a little bit more knowledge wanting to try and push the online coaching side as well client base is slowly growing uh delving into the podcast obviously my podcast process which i've had some great guests on being lucky enough to speak to some some great men and women uh youtube and then i'm just obviously just slowly progressing it's only early days for me so just going to see where see where things go but that's kind of a, a very short well, I say very short, a little bit <laughs> of my my life, I guess. 
Yeah, man, it's awesome. It's, it's quite cool. Like we, we said this on your pod, uh, podcast, but we both got quite similar kind of stories of kind of coming into the fitness industry. We played, obviously, you played professional sport. I was aiming for, to try and play pro rugby and things like that. Played at a reasonable level, um, lower near your standards. Um, <laughs> then we both kind of had the in- injuries and it kind of set back. Um, do you really feel like your kind of passion did switch those gears? Because I think that's one of my things. I started kind of going into rugby training or rugby matches like, oh, Oh, if, if I get too sore, I'm not going to be able to squat on Monday. Yeah, that is that is one of the big things. And like I'm started playing at the start of this year. I wasn't thinking about going back into football, but I had a phone call from someone just to go back into playing at a decent level. So it's it's kind of on the borderline of professional and semi-professional. But that's what I've kind of found. Like it's impacting on my training in the gym. Like I'm getting obviously I've had knee injuries and stuff in the past. Like they're starting to like flare up again because of the impact of training. And we train on I'm a goalkeeper as well in football. So I'm diving around up and down a lot of plyometric stuff. So there's a lot of stress going through my my tendons and ligaments and stuff. And I'm finding obviously that's affecting my my training. And obviously also in terms of it's like late nights, long trips away, which can obviously impact on my business side as well. So there is that aspect where you know when you start developing a passion for something else there's kind of everything else in your life you want it to kind of complement and support that 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 passion and push you that way so when you've got something that is maybe not so much pulling you down but something else that maybe is maybe holding you back from progressing and putting everything into your true passion then that is probably what kind of just slowly flipped that switch um over to me wanting to really pursue my fitness over my my football career yeah, and um, obviously I'm sure we'll kind of get into some of the, the highs and the lows of things um, in a bit, but how did you find kind of stepping away from it? Because I, I found it different in some kind of different ways, but um, we'll touch on that in a sec, but what about you? Yeah, it was very tough, to be honest, mate. Like there was a, a good like dark patch, I would say, maybe towards... So when I was leaving Newcastle United, obviously Premier League sort of club, I had high expectations for myself. I had a, a bit of a time around the first team when I was about 19, 18, 19. So I knew that I had potential to push on. I kind of had in my mind, right, all I'm going to, like football is my everything. I can see myself playing at the highest level. And then when the injuries start to creep in, your kind of mindset does flip a little bit. But I always thought that I would be fine. I always talk about being in like a high performance environment, like a Premier League academy, is you're in a bubble. The, 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 the world outside, the real world doesn't really exist and you don't realise what sort of bubble you're in until you leave. So when I left that bubble and I had to try and trial at different clubs and try and kind of pursue my own path. I had, I had an agent at the time who was trying to help me, but it didn't. all the trials and stuff didn't go to plan again with injuries and, and what have you. But having to maybe take a step back and be like, right, because of your injuries, because of what's happened, you might not act, this dream might actually not be true. This might not be your, your path. You might be on a different path now, but... There's a big ego side of, especially in football, I think, with the money that you get at a certain age, obviously being like, I don't know, the social media influence of being a footballer. There's a big ego side of it. And kind of me, the one thing that held me back was letting go of that ego and being like, you know what? That was me. I used to be professional football, but that's that doesn't define me. That's not who I am. I'm Brendan Pearson. My passion is personal training, fitness sort of thing like football was me but now this is something else so don't be defined by what you do be defined by yourself in a sense so I had to take probably a few months and there was a little t- a rough patch when I had my last injury my ankle injury in Scotland me and my girlfriend were living up there um at the time and I ruptured literally three ligaments in my ankle tore my perineal tendon I needed a full reconstruction of it we had to live up there for a few months because she had a job up there and we couldn't quite move back yet. So it was a good few months where I was had my operation. We were living up there and I was a bit like, right, what do I do now? Do I 
pursue football and keep on trying to go or do I like try and spark this passion and, and pursue my fitness so that was a there was a little period where I talked about it in one of my podcasts I think you listened to it as well and in yeah. the YouTube video where I literally I went to my beef I was like right me and my girlfriend right we're going away to Ibiza I spent way too much money hated every single second of it but I just like was just lost and just kind of like don't know there's probably people listening who maybe have been in them kind of patches where you're a bit lost in your life. You don't know what to do. But anyway, after that, kind of got my shit together, thankfully. I'm, I'm all right swearing on the podcast. By yeah, man, go for it. Yeah, you do, do whatever you want. People do it on mine as well. I'm just like, yeah, do whatever you want. But <laughs> um, got my shit together a little bit, moved back home. And then, yeah, from there, this, the, the fitness career kind of um, took off from there. But again, it did, it did take a long time for me to actually build myself up. Um, maybe a good month to a year. Maybe I'm not 100% kind of fixed in a sense now but um yeah things are a lot more positive now than where they were yeah massively i think um i literally so i've been working with a guy named kieran he's a high performance mindset coach and um i literally had this kind of thing as when i came out of it i labeled myself and my identity was i'm a rugby player and as soon as i stepped away you just kind of i went through that little patch where i kind of felt lost i always had the had the passion for fitness and things like that but all of a sudden i was like oh shit where am I? Like everything I've worked my ass off for, yeah. everything I stand for, everyone, what everyone else sees me as, all of a sudden I'm not that. Um, so I know it's, it's definitely a tricky patch until I literally be on the brinks of kind of, well, you played professional, then kind of stepping back a little bit, then kind of pursuing it and kind of having that. Like, what was the point? And uh, what was the things that made you think, no, it's time to move on? I think injuries was the one because I kept on getting injured. Like I had, I had like four major operations by the time I was 21. I was like, right, come on, there's, there's something that, right, maybe my body's not built for it. Maybe, maybe it is just bad luck, whatever it is, but maybe there's something, like I'm not like religious or anything, but maybe there's some, some something telling me that it's this isn't the path for me. Maybe there's something else. Um, yeah, it's just not, not meant to be in a sense, but I think it was just the constant kind of getting battered down by football kind of thing. I did lose my kind of the passion for football and um, kind of killed my love for it in a sense because of the amount of setbacks that I had and stuff. But the one thing that kind of kept me going through it all was fitness, was the gym, was that routine. Like I, I probably trained way too much when I was in full-time football. It kind of like obviously probably prevented me from recovering from some injuries, but it was just because I was passionate about it and that's what kept me going. So it was probably just that a slow process. Like I remember when I did do my ankle and I was in Scotland before my operation, I would still, I would just get up every single day at like half five, six o'clock, go to the gym before I would go to my physio. Like the physios and stuff didn't know I was doing it, but that was the thing that kind of mentally got me going. And I was like, why don't I just, this is my passion. Why can't I just pursue a career in it? Because like football isn't a long-term career anyway. It's not there forever. It's only, so some people are lucky and they can play up to 40. So there is going to be a point where this ends. Why don't I just start pursuing my passion now? Um, but luckily, when I was injured at Newcastle, so probably about three or four years previous, I'd done my personal uh, training qualification. So I already had it in the bank. I just never used it for a good yeah. three years. Um, so luckily enough, I already had that, had the time to do it while I was injured at Newcastle. And then when my career, football career finished, I could literally just step straight into it. Um, but I was going to say about in terms of, York, like Jersey's quite a small place, isn't it? Yeah, big time. <laughs> Yeah, big time. I was going to say, because I'm from like a small town sort of thing. So in terms of the evil thing about stepping out of football, like the same for you in terms of stepping out for rugby, that was another tough thing because literally everybody in my area, all my friends and stuff knew me as, oh, he's the footballer. Like I still get people asking me now, oh, how's the football going? How's stuff? And I'm like, 
I'm not, it's not me anymore. I'm like something else sort of thing. So that makes it even tougher being in that sort of small environment um, small town sort of environment. Everybody knows you. And that's like, even at school, everyone's like, he's the footballer, he's the footballer. That's what made it a little bit tougher. But yeah, um, just got to kind of accept you. Well, maybe just say like, that's, that's not me anymore. I'm, I'm something else now. What everything that I've done in the past, I'm grateful for. And it's taught me a lot of things. I'm going to put that everything I learned into the path that I'm going on now. Yeah, obviously we spoke, spoke now spoken about touch on someone kind of the lower points of that. What mate? What were some of the highest? Because it must have been some insane experiences. Yes, I'll probably say as funny as <laughs> it that, is. There's, there's, like that, first, there's that smile. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there is there is some obviously high moments. I think one of the ones I had some great um, trips away in tournaments. One of the ones actually went my, like my second year in Newcastle. I think it was under under twelves, eleven or twelve years old. We went to Rome for a week for a football tournament. Um, so we, we played the likes of Roma, AC Milan, Lazio, I think Juventus were there. Like teams like that, when you're like 11, 12 years old, you're like, oh, this is this is great. This, and it was like a big stand, people were watching. Um, going around, we did like the Vatican City and all that stuff. Like went and see the Pope and all that as well. So there's loads of great memories. We got to the final as well. We played Benfica in the final. So we beat AC Milan in the semi-final. So. played Benfica in the final and got absolutely battered off them. There was a kid at the end of the game who scored a hat. He was doing backflips and stuff. I'm like, well, I don't know. This is, they're, they're way ahead of us. But yeah, some good memories there. Um, and then just proud moments in terms of being in and around the first team. So there was a year where there was the first two first team goalkeepers were injured and I was third choice for literally a full season. So I was travelling to all the Premier League away games. I was on TV. Um, I remember my dad filmed the clip of me when we were playing Bournemouth away, which obviously it's kind of near Yaren. That's as close as we can get to be uh, Yeah, but we'll say kind close. Of, kind of. <laughs> well, you, you asked me before, before how far away London was from, from where I, or Gatwick, sorry, was it? It's probably not far good, like, say, it's, it's probably yeah, not far off so, the same for you to... <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute trip. But yeah, so I was, I had some really good moments in terms of that. Um, and my dad and my family, they're massive, massive football Newcastle United fans. So it's kind of a a childhood dream and my dad's always been really proud of me whatever I do and he's, he's proud of me what I'm doing now he tells me all the time like look I, knew, I was proud of you when you played football I'm proud of you for what you're doing now so that was one of the main things just making making my, my family proud because a lot of people don't realize how much effort the parents put in for like for where we live it's like a 45 minute drive to training every single day so we were training like what like four or five days a week even when I was in school and then obviously the first year where I couldn't drive my my mom and my dad would drive me to, to football before I could pass my test. So there's a lot of effort that they've put in for me. Um, so just obviously making them proud was a, was a big thing for me um, as well. Yeah, it's actually huge. Uh, a lot of people don't realise how much, like, well, for, like for me, like literally every other week I had to fly to the UK. And if my parents couldn't fund that or yeah. I was lucky, there was me and a mate like Johnny, who's now like what co coaches and works with me and um, literally like luckily like, our parents and one of them would come one trip and the other one would come the other trip but I don't even want to know how much money it cost and how much time they took out and like like I said I'm so thankful for it and um, it's amazing that your dad's like so supportive of what you're doing now because he was massive into his footy as well wasn't he yeah, he played. He played like lower, lower league kind of thing. But he's mad into it. He's still coaching now. Like him, my brother literally could sit at the weekends and watch football all like, all weekend. I'm not so bothered kind of thing. I was never like big into watching football. I just love playing it. I love the competitive side. But they're like, yeah, they're they're mad. They're 24 seven football, 24 seven. Yeah, mate. I was exactly the same as you. Like I, I loved playing rugby, even when I played tennis when I was younger. But sitting and watching, I'd be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's just like it's just like I don't know. 
some some games that I get excited. Like, there's been games I've watched and I'm like, oh, this is great sort of thing. But sometimes I'm just like, it's just not the same. Like when you're on the pitches, that to be fair, being a goalkeeper is kind of like watching football. <laughs> but I've never been a big one. I used to get told off when I was at Newcastle for like. Oh, hang on, mate. Hang on, mate. We've broken up there. There we go. Sorry, we had some technical technical difficulties yeah. there. So, mate, you were just saying um, about just hating watching footy and things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was never really something that I was... I used to get told off when I was younger for not watching football. Like when my coach used to say to me, oh, did you watch this game? Did you watch that game? And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I was... Probably, like I was like I said before, I was probably just sat watching YouTube videos of like Christian Guzman or <laughs> I don't know Nick Bear or something like that. Whoever when I was younger, so that was always kind of where I noticed that my my interest for for football. Uh, <laughs> some serious technical difficulties. Um, yeah, mate. Honestly, I spend half my life watching YouTube videos. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I was exactly the same. Um, so you were saying just before, like, I uh, used to get told off, like, standing in goal and watching the game. Well, yeah, it was just in terms of, like, when you're watching the game kind of thing, it's a little bit more, you're a little bit more engaged and actually watching it, I was saying, in terms of comparing it to me, actually just watching the game on TV, like, being on the pitch and being involved in the game, I was so, like, focused on it. I don't know if it was specifically, like, I feel like I could have played... I don't know, rugby. If I had a passion for rugby and like that would have that would have been enough. I probably wouldn't have been interested in watching it, but it's the same sort of thing. Like any sort of competitive environment, I was just like I was in it and I wanted to win. Like I used to when I was young, I was one of the kids who used to cry off when they used to get beat, sort of thing. So it was never it was it was always like inside me. Like and I hated getting beat. I hated not being good at something. I think because I was good at football and then I was a goalkeeper, so I was quite tall when I was younger. So that's why I got chucked in goal. I was always good at it and, and better than other people. So that's probably why. I went down that route of pursuing football. I think I just wanted to be an athlete overall, whatever that was. I love the process of training through the week, doing your gym work, preparing for, for something on a Saturday or a Tuesday night or whatever it was. I love that process rather than like just purely being a footballer. It was just that that lifestyle of being an athlete. I think that that I loved. Yeah, I was exactly the same. I just, I love progression. Progression doesn't matter what it is. Like this is the thing was why I said, I think I said this and I was like, I hated school. I did okay at school, but it was like, you work your ass off all year to do one test at the end, you like pass or you fail. With yeah. training, with the gym, with being, becoming an athlete, training like that. If you do the work, you see results, you see progression every single day, every single week. And it gets like addictive. And it's nice to see that progression as you kind of get going. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting question. Do you hate to lose or do you love to win? That is, it's a tough one, that, isn't it? It's a tough yeah. one. I think, I think I'll, I'll probably say love to win now because I've learned that losing isn't really a bad thing. Like failing at something is not a bad thing. When you just learn from it, like I think when you have that many like sort of failures or losses in your life, you learn that like the lessons rather than actual like, like when you were younger. Yeah, like I said, I used to go off crying in the corner sort of thing. If we get beat, you just just learn to kind of you become a lot more resilient to stuff. So yeah, once you get that, flip that mindset over and end up like learning that like learn how to to enjoy the whole process and learn to to celebrate those successes as well i think that's that'll help you long term um but y'all y'all probably similar to me in terms of like coming from the the sport and background as well yeah. you were on about in terms of the effort that you put in 
the the kind of in the in, for you it was rugby for me it was football when you're in that environment the effort that you put in on yourself it does come and show on the pitch which is probably why we've transferred it so well into what we're we're doing that well you obviously smashed it I'm getting there I'm, I'm at the start of my journey sort of thing so there is a, a flip side which is why I think a lot of athletes who have kind of been doing it for years do transition really well into the sort of business self-employed online coach sort of sort of thing because the effort that you put into your business and your your whatever it is that you're doing you get the results like there's there's no one else to kind of align at all on you so there's probably a big transfer in terms of that as well yeah it's that it's having that like mental drive and being able to hold yourself to high standards consistently because anyone can put like let's say as an online coach it's literally your job to post on social media it's literally your job yeah so many people can go I post for two weeks and they stop and it's exactly the same with your fitness career or, or training for football. If you go to training for two weeks and then don't train for a month, like you're never going to get to where you want to be. You've got to be ruthlessly consistent, yeah. ruthlessly consistent, even with the setbacks. And I think that well, we can kind of relate that. I think literally anything can relate to fitness. Like look at your like mm-hmm. football career. You worked your ass off. You had your game, you got injured. You had a setback, but you kept fucking grinding. And it's exactly the same. You've had that in your like, finished career now. You, you stepped away from the football. You worked your ass off to get things to where you want. You've had a setback. It's been lockdown, but you haven't let it go. You know, like, right, I'm going to do some online, dabbled in that. And it's just having that mindset, just yeah. be fucking relentless and keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. Freaking, freaking it's, it's, I find that passion, fitness will always be my passion, but when you get into the kind of business side of it as well, it's super fascinating. I find, cause there's a lot of psychology yeah. involved in it as well. And even coaching, like 100%. Yeah. learning how people tick. That's the thing that I fascinates me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm big into like people's mindset and stuff like that. And people, people sometimes look at like the top, top athletes or top, top businessmen or whatever it is. Even people like us, like people like ourselves. So, Thing, like how do you stay so consistent which is a big thing like consistency is one of the biggest things that i try and preach with with everything with your business with with fitness any sort of goal that you have you've got to be consistent let's like say like oh how do you manage doing youtube a podcast posting every single day on instagram then doing pt on top of it sort of thing it's just kind of like you just learn to do it over time and the more things that you can kind of fit into your your routine and your daily schedule the kind of more becomes the norm like the, the kind of more setbacks and stuff and harder times and the more resilience you build the more normal it becomes, which is why, like, like same for yourself, like a lockdown, like doesn't really affect you too much. It's kind of like, right, we're just that's that. I can manage manage that sort of stuff later, and I'll focus on this now and just keep on building from there. So it just takes time, I think, with anything, with any business or anything um, that's to do with yourself. It just takes time and patience, and just then just being consistent with it and keep pushing. I think the the biggest thing that's kind of come out of this whole lockdown for me is a lot of people say yes and no. I don't think it should be ever yes and no. It's push yeah. and pull. It's push and pull. There's going to be times where something mm-hmm. has to take a back seat and you have to put your priorities maybe somewhere else, but it's never yes and no. Because if you say yes and no and you mm-hmm. neglect something, then that's when shit com- comes back to kind of bite you or you end up saying no to it and you'll never get something, whatever that area is back. Um, so yeah, I think that's absolutely mm-hmm. huge of people. Um, just slowly starting to kind of wrap it up, man. I'm interested. What, what What's the best player you ever played against? Or trained with? Oh, I would say Hatton Ben Arthur. You heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So Hatton Ben Arthur, he's, yeah, yeah. So he was at Newcastle with us. He was literally one of the best players with the biggest potential, but he was just, his attitude just wasn't there. So there was a, obviously he had, he had his spell in the first team and then there was a spell where he literally didn't turn up training. He put on loads of weight 
and then he started training with us with like the under 23s at the time so like the, the youth team in a sense and mate he was ridiculous he didn't care you could tell he didn't care he was just like dribbling past people and then just top in and like literally he was ridiculous and then um i think I don't know what happened, but something must have changed in him. And then he went away and I think he played in France somewhere. And the next year he was playing at the World Cup and the Euros and he was like one of the best players. Like he just flipped like that. So he's just, obviously it's just a mental thing in terms of he had the, the potential to like be a, a Ronaldo or a Messi or something like that. But it's just obviously the mental side. Technically he was ridiculous, unbelievable. Yeah, that's something I was going to ask. What do you think is the biggest difference between like a good professional player and like a, a Messi, a Ronaldo, a world-class player? Yeah, it's just, it's the mindset, 100%. It's got to be the mindset, which is why I'm so, like, into fight, like talking to successful people like yourself and in any sort of, like, sportsman, businessman, anything, just to understand their mindset and kind of what they've been through to get to where they're at. Like, the mindset is what separates people. Because in terms of, like, as football, you've got to prepare every single week for a massive high-pressure situation. You might have to do it twice a week, like a Tuesday and a Saturday, or even a Wednesday or Saturday, or whatever it is. Like, you've got to train like it's a game every single day and then at the weekend you're playing in front of not only 50,000 people obviously not the minute you're in lockdown but normally 50,000 people or whatever it is on a Saturday and then also the millions of people watching at home there's a lot of pressure and obviously if you mess up you're getting abused on Twitter you've got your whole teammates that you've let down like even some of your family members might look at you and shame sort of thing there's a lot of pressure like especially and especially being a goalkeeper which is a lot of pressure on in itself so I'm big on that um how do they prepare and maybe What's their mindset like? I've done a podcast with one of my old teammates, Sean Longstaff. So he's playing for the first team in Newcastle at the minute. He's doing really well. And just like, I was just talking to him, like, what's your mindset going into games? And he literally said, I think it was, it might have been his debut or one of his first games. He played against Man City and he had like Aguero, Torre, all, all your, you can name all the good players kind of thing he was playing against. He literally looked at Aguero's football boots and said, you can literally, they're the same football boots that I've got on. You can literally buy them from the shop. Like that's, it doesn't make him anything special. He's just got the same football boots on, the same sort of kit. He's just a normal like person going out. So obviously you can see the little triggers and stuff that maybe these professionals who are performing just to kind of make the scenario seem a lot more relaxed than normal. Um, so yeah, that's, it's just interesting how everybody deals with it and how they are so consistent at the kind of high performance level. Yeah. It's absolutely massive and it's exactly the same. I find it fascinating speaking to certain people and everyone has their own little kind of twist on things, how they make it work. And just speaking to more people, you can kind of pick and pull little things that you like or go, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not sure if I'd want to do that. Like, 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 like. It's, it's, what, what's the most fascinating um, thing you've like picked up from someone in terms of mindset? Um, I'd probably say there was a good little quote that I, I, I can't, he said it in Italian and it sounded really, really good. But one of my teammates, who's, he's at the team that I'm playing now, he's a Blythe Spartan, so... But he played in Italy, played in like Syria Art, he played in Germany, he played all over. And he, there was one of the players, um, something that one of the players that he played with told him, literally said, I can't remember the exact quote, but something like, like you're in control of your environment. You can't let external things um, affect what's going to go and happen. So he was on about in terms of like pe people doing superstitions before yeah. games, like put your right boot on before your left sort of thing. Like this guy didn't believe in that at all. Like he said, like, all that's pretty much bullshit. It is complete bullshit. If you say, for example, your pre-game or pre-workout routine doesn't go to plan, how are you going to go and let that affect your your workout or your performance on the pitch? Like you can't let that because you're you're the one who's on, in control of that. So that was a big thing, um, and I think there's probably obviously a lot of other professionals that will have that sort of mindset in terms of like it doesn't matter what happens, doesn't matter if like say the bus is late to the game and you turn up and you can't warm up properly. Um, in terms of like a workout, you might not maybe sleep as good the night before. You might only get six hours sleep, which isn't ideal. 
But are you going to let that affect your performance and, and kind of ruin your whole day? No, you just got to deal with the scenario that you've got. Um, but yeah, that kind of stuck in mind. If I can, if I wish I could say the quote in Italian because uh-huh. it sounded really good, but uh, it's the Chris Factory po- podcast. If anybody wants to go and listen to it, but he's got some That's really cool. good, interesting story to be fair. Really interesting. Yeah, that's massive. Uh, one, one that stuck with me. Have you ever have you watched much of Tony Robbins stuff? I've watched a little bit. You know what? My dad. I didn't realize, but when when I was younger, my dad used to listen to these tapes all the time when I was driving. When he was driving us to football. I'm talking when I was like nine, ten years old. So I didn't have a clue. Like, my, but my dad used to listen to him loads. And there's a few things that I remember from when I was little. Like there was a there was a little clip that I remember about his breathing. He used to go for walks in the morning and like. To, and talk about his breathing to kind of set himself up for the day. That's one thing I remember. But yeah, my dad used to listen to, and I've listened to a few of his podcasts. And he's, is there a Netflix thing on it as well? I think I've yeah, watched mate. Netflix. Yeah, I think I've, yeah, I've watched that. Very good. <laughs> mate, I watched that and then I took a webinar for all of my clients, and they were like, I'm exhausted watching. I was literally just like 90 bouncing. minutes, just like bouncing around. Like, I, so- yeah, bounce on his little trumpet, his, his <laughs> trumpet before he goes out. I love that. Love it, so love much it. energy. It's class. Yeah, but something I literally just listened to his audio book at the moment. Something he said it was like um, one of the best ways to kind of control your emotions is to control your state. So mm-hmm. like, if you feel down and you're sat like slumped down, head down, yeah, you're gonna feel down automatically. If you just change your state, you stand up, you talk loud, you chest out, you can automatically mm-hmm. change your emotions with your state. Um, obviously, yeah. it takes a lot of practice and things like that. But that's something that really stuck with me. I only heard that like two weeks ago. But I think it's a fucking good one. And it's something something I've actually yeah. done like subconsciously when I feel tired or let's say you're dieting, for example, you're getting lean. You're like, oh, my God, I'm fucked. You just stand up and you go, fuck that. I'm not. Let's get this shit. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that's yeah. a real big one that kind of stuck with me. Um, mate, yeah. honestly, thank you so much. Right. One thing I do with everyone, three tips for someone to absolutely crush 2021. Routine. I'm big on routine. I love my morning routine. I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. that. I'm a, I'm a cold shower guy. Get up, make your it's bed, hydrate, practice. cold shower. Love that. Do you, I do a little morning journal as well. I've been doing that since kind of when I left football. I started it. That's mm-hmm. been massive for me. I did the six-minute diary originally, and now I just do a little journal, three things I'm grateful for, and then like a little positive affirmation or, I don't know, if there's something that I need to remember, I'll write it in there. So I'm big on routine. Um, I think just getting active, hundred, like whatever it is, like, even if it's just going for walk, whatever your kind of stage that you're at, whether it be trying to compete for a competition or just going for walk, like exercising, getting out in the environment, especially in terms of it would be in a lockdown. Obviously, I don't know the situation is slightly different for yourself, but lockdown, get yourself out and about. That will not only help you, your energy levels, but also your sleep as well. Um, and I think just, again, that like we talked about in terms of change, changing your mindset into trying to think more positive and don't see like a, a loss as a, a failure, just see it as a, a lesson. Um, so that's the thing that will come with time, but changing your mindset and trying to be as positive as possible. Yeah, I think that counts, counts as three. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take it. We'll take it. I always say, to, I always say to my clients, your transformation is like a house. Okay, you've got your three, your three kind of pillars. You've got training, nutrition, mindset. Everyone forgets the a house without a roof is pretty shit. Okay, yeah. your roof, your roof is your lifestyle because you've got to be able to fit those three, to, those three into your lifestyles. You're never going to be able to stay consistent. If we don't stay consistent, you don't get the results you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. but then also you can't build a house without foundations your foundation is sleep okay so one of my one of my big ones is just sleep get seven to nine hours of good quality sleep you do that everything else becomes easier okay mm-hmm. um mate honestly thank you so much i just let everyone know where they can find you and connect to yeah. you, your podcast 
Yeah, yeah, I was going to say um, Instagram's the main thing I'm on. So at Brendan Pearson Fitness, um, literally all the links are there are on there. So my podcast is called Process. It's on Apple, Spotify. I put them on YouTube as well. YouTube, just literally type in Brendan Pearson. It should come up. There might be some horrendous interviews of me at the football club that I'm at in the minute. So just <laughs> skip past them. Skip past all the goals that are going past us and just go to the fitness channel. Um, apart from that, yeah, online coaching, one-to-one personal training. If there's anybody listening who's in Newcastle area, get me... Yeah, drop me a message and yeah, that's pretty much everything, I think. Boom. Love it. Thank you very much, guys. Um, I'll leave all Bottom the notes and um, things in the description below. Um, please share it to your Instagram story. Tag me, Simon Johnson Fitness and Brendan Pearson Fitness. And I will see you in the next episode.